0: Twenty-five years ago, I was enduring an afternoon of discontent in the middle of my ninth and, as it turned out, my final year of chairing Southern Illinois University's Department of English when I came across an ad in the Chronicle of Higher Education for the Cooperstown Symposium on Baseball and American Culture. Needing something to lift my spirits, I answered its call for papers and, to my surprise, was invited to speak at the Hall of Fame on Baseball Literature. I enjoyed the symposium, but I spent most of my time playing hooky from his sessions to wander through the Hall of Fame or shop with my wife, Anita. We ate delightfully greasy food at the Bullpen Cafe and Shortstop Cafe, waved our credit card like Babe Ruth's bat in souvenir shops, and sat reverentially in the bleachers of Abner Doubleday Field. For die hard baseball fans, the Hall of Fame is the Church of Baseball. Once you enter the red brick building with its impressive colonial design and ionic columns and pass through its green turnstiles you become a part of the history and mythology of baseball. While there are enough special rooms, alcoves, displays, and statues to dazzle the most ardent of baseball fans, the heart of the building is the Hall of Fame gallery and its pulse is the baseball timeline. All a baseball fan needs to do is enter the gallery with its plaques commemorating baseball's immortals and stroll along the timeline with its historical artifacts honoring baseball's greatest teams and events to understand the emotional and spiritual appeal of baseball as America's national game. Since that first visit, Anita and I have made several more trips to Cooperstown, but our most memorable one came in the fall of 2001. I had just retired from SIU and had signed a contract with the University of Pittsburgh Press to edit a collection of writings on my hometown Pittsburgh Pirates. We made reservations at the Cooperstown Inn and were preparing to drive to the Hall of Fame so that I could look through the vast holdings in the Baseball National Library and select articles and essays for the book. On the way back from Cooperstown, we planned to stop in Pittsburgh and visit the research room at PNC Park, to look at its collection of powered photographs. We made reservations to stay overnight at the Renaissance, a new high-rise hotel just across the Allegheny River and a walk across the Roberto Clemente Bridge to the ballpark. Though we'd have to drive several hundred miles, our trip would be after Labor Day, so highway traffic wasn't going to be a problem. It was also after summer vacation season, so there wouldn't be many visitors at Cooperstown. On the morning of September 11th, we were packing our bags when CNN reported that a plane had struck one of the World Trade Center towers. We thought it was a tragic accident, but when another plane struck the second tower, we realized something horrible and inconceivable was happening as the hours passed and the full horror of the tragedy unveiled itself we started getting frantic phone calls from our kids pleading with us to stay home until it was safe to travel Anita and I spent the rest of the day watching the tragedy unfold on television and trying to decide what to do the next day we put our bags in the car and headed to Cooperstown the long drive to Cooperstown was emotionally numbing, but our spirits were lifted by the sight of car after car displaying an American flag. There was one driver who didn't have a holder for a flag, so he had his arm outside of his car window and was determinedly holding a small American flag in his hand. When we finally arrived, Annie and I discovered that the inns, usually empty this time of year, were jammed with travelers who were headed to New York but had now taken refuge in Cooperstown the home of Baseball Shrine, had become a refugee camp. One of the delights of Cooperstown is that its pastoral setting isolates it from the outside world, but the shattering events of 9-11 had changed all that. People at the Cooperstown Inn were gathered around the small television set in the lobby for the latest news coming out of New York City while they talked about their fears for the days ahead. Though the Hall of Fame remained open, there was no joy in Cooperstown So Anita and I completed the research for the Pirate's Book and headed home, but we still planned to stop in Pittsburgh on our way home. When Anita and I arrived in Pittsburgh and walked into the Renaissance empty hotel lobby, the clerk told us people had been canceling reservations because after the 9-11 attacks, they were afraid to stay in a tall building. The next day, when we crossed the Clemente Bridge, Anita and I saw a large banner draped across PNC Park that read, NYC, USA, We Are Family. We Are Family was a theme song for the Pirates' 1979 World Series Championship team led by Willie Stargell. While the PNC Park offices and research rooms were open, Major League Baseball had suspended its games and wouldn't play until September 17th. The first game back for the New York Mets was at PNC Park, where the Pirates had passed out "We Love New York buttons to fans entering the ballpark. After Anita and I selected some photographs, we left the ghostly PNC Park and drove back to southern Illinois. Over the years, we've returned to Pittsburgh many times and even stated the Renaissance when I ran in the Pittsburgh Marathon. To this day, however, we haven't had the heart to return to Cooperstown. This is Pete Peterson for Reading Baseball.